Have you been searching for a community that gets it? Join me, your host, Monique, as we get real about the emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual effects infertility has on its victims. Let's connect and heal together. I am one in eight, too. Thank you so much for tuning into Infertility and Me podcast. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of your day. Today I have with me uh, Lakeisha, and she is a Philadelphia native mom of three, and she has her own product line as well as a podcast. And Lakeisha's product line and her podcast can be found on her website, which I will leave in the show notes, but it's called elementsofalial.com. And you can find her on Instagram at elementsofalial as well. And we'll get more into that later on. But Lakeisha, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today to speak about your personal journey with infertility and how you and your husband went through it all and got your three lovely children now. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to share my journey and hopefully someone can find a little bit of hope and inspiration from it. Can you tell me and tell us when you guys decided that you were ready to expand your family? Sure. So I guess um, we had been married for about three years or so. Um, and, you know, we said, OK, um, you know, we think it's time to add to our little <clears throat> our little unit. And so we did what most couples do when we started trying. Um, mm-hmm. And I was you know, we were both fairly young. I think I was I was about 26. My husband was about 30. And so we said, OK, we're going to, you know, get started trying. And we tried. And after three months with no luck, we were like, um, OK, <clears throat> what's going on here? And then after six months with no luck, I was like, OK, I think something is seriously wrong. And that's when, you know, our I guess our infertility journey really started. OK. And how long did you guys try for? Before we conceived our oldest, um, our total journey was about 15 months. After that six month portion, I went to the doctors and they ran tests. Um, and after a few dozen tests, I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm. Um, and so our treatment started from there. We went through a few rounds of unsuccessful rounds of medication. Um, and then I think after the second or third round is when they found uterine polyps mm-hmm. um, that needed to be surgically removed. Um, because of the way that they were positioned. And so we went through that and then we went through two more rounds of medication before Mm -hmm. we even got to the point where we could attempt insemination. But after all of that, uh, 15 months, my oldest daughter was conceived via uh, intrauterine insemination. Okay. So you had a successful IUI. Was that the first IUI you had done when you conceived her? Yeah, it was the first IUI we had done But um, like I said, we had gone through several rounds of medication, not even getting to the point where we had a viable egg (laughs) to to get to IUI. So thankfully, that first insemination took. And so we were blessed with our oldest daughter. What kind of uh, what kind of side effects do you suffer from with the PCOS? Because it seems that women have different things that they deal with. It affects every woman differently. Absolutely. And every time I speak to someone about it, um, I learn more and more side effects. For me, it was irregular cycle um, or not getting one at all. There were several months where I just would not get a period at all. 
difficulty in losing weight. And so I wasn't necessarily overweight, but you know, you put on a few pounds and then you work out, you eat right and try to lose weight. And it was nearly impossible. I felt like a lot of times. I also found that some of my other health conditions that previous physicians didn't really link together were Mm -hmm. attributed. So I suffered from high cholesterol, which was kind of shocking because again, I eat a fairly healthy diet. I don't eat any red meat. I eat lots of vegetables, but I found that if I was not exercising regularly, then my cholesterol levels would spike only to later find out that that was one of the side effects or the symptoms of having PCOS. I also struggled with with allergies. I had a lot of allergies and unexplained allergies that kind of just cropped up one day and we didn't know why. I would break out in rashes sometimes for unexplained reasons. I wouldn't touch anything. I wouldn't eat anything. I would just all of a sudden break out in rashes and felt like I was literally allergic to the air. And again, finding out that that was an inflammatory response because of the PCOS. So I think as you kind of live this journey and new things kind of crop up, you, you see more and more some of the side effects that are related that you wouldn't have even thought of. Wow. Wow. That's very interesting. Very interesting. And so when you guys had your successful cycle with IUI, did you have a normal pregnancy? Was everything okay? Did you suffer any uh, complications? I didn't. Um, It was a very normal pregnancy. My daughter grew perfectly. I was able to deliver her vaginally without any issues. Um, It was a very carefree pregnancy, I would say. I mean, obviously, outside of your normal, you know, morning sickness, aches and pains, when you get to the end, those kinds of things that I think every woman who has been pregnant kind of experiences. um, It was a very normal pregnancy. That's awesome. And how old was she? when you guys decided to start trying um, for a second? So she was about almost four. And after she was born, that that whole experience, as I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, was quite traumatizing emotionally. And so after she was born, I was like, I don't think I even want to do this again. I think Mm -hmm. we're going to be one and done. (laughs) Not if this is what it's going to take. But as she got a little older, you know, we started thinking about it. But we had always said if we didn't decide that we were going to have more children by the time she was five, then that just meant we weren't going to have more children. Mm -hmm. So when she was about three and a half, Uh, me and my husband started talking and we said, well, you know, maybe we can add just one more. And I was happy that this time we kind of knew what we were up against. We knew what we were facing. We kind of knew some of the things that we needed to do ahead of time and hoping that it would make that journey a little easier. But as you know, you know, no two pregnancies and no two experiences Mm -hmm. are the same. And so that was not the case. Wow. And so tell us about that second time. At the point that we decided that we were, we wanted to have another one, I was Mm -hmm. still on birth control, but I said, okay, let me start making the necessary changes to my diet. Started taking some supplements that were highly recommended to deal with PCOS, started exercising regularly again, um, and all of those things, just trying to make sure that I was creating the best possible environment to give us the best Mm -hmm. chance. And then after coming off of the birth control, we started trying. And I think after about three months or so this time, we went to the doctor and we said, okay, you know, I'm still not getting a regular cycle. We want to have another baby. So, you know, we, we should start treatment. So the doctor started conservatively at first, um, just saying, okay, well, maybe if we help you induce a cycle, maybe that'll work. So we tried that a few times and it wasn't really helping. 
And so we were preparing to start our first round of medication um, and we were going to go the IUI route again. And just when I went to go have blood work done before starting the medication is when we found out that I had conceived on my own. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. it was a big, big, big surprise. I had gone in, uh, you know, under the impression that they're just doing our baseline blood work before mm-hmm. I start the medication. I actually had already filled the prescription. So I had the medication at home ready to go um, and was just waiting for the doctor's call to give me the go ahead. And when she called, she said, well, I've got some interesting news. Mm-hmm. Uh, you won't be needing that medication. You are indeed pregnant. And so, you know, needless to say, we were very overjoyed that it didn't take us long and that we were able to do it on our own. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a miracle, especially with the with having PCOS. That's almost unheard of in a, right. for a and, lot of women and couples. Yes, 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 absolutely. And so we we refer to um, my twins um, because that pregnancy produced twins. Um, oh, wow. We refer to my <laughs> twins as our miracle babies. Wow. And it was twins. Yeah, that's miraculous. It's definitely miraculous. Definitely have to give praise to the most high for that. Absolutely. Oh, gosh, Wow. Oh my God. So I, I, I would, I would think that in the conception of your twins naturally that it probably felt like almost like a burden was lifted because you didn't have to go through treatment again and put your body through, you know, all of the medicines and such. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, just the, you know, like I said before, um, you know, after my oldest was born, I wasn't even sure I wanted to have more children just because of having to go through that process. Um, And so when I found out that I was pregnant, it was a huge burden that was lifted off of our shoulders, knowing that, you know, the poking and the prying and the testing, um, mm-hmm. in addition to the medication um, and all the doctor's visits and all of those things, um, knowing that I wasn't going to have to go through that was a huge relief. Yeah, yeah, I, I would bet. I would bet. And did, if I may ask, were there moments when you were conceiving your eldest child that you that your relationship with your husband felt strained a little bit. And there's a lot of that I know in infertility, but some people just, it brings them closer. So I'm wondering if you guys had that experience of, of the stressors it can bring in, into the relationship and sex timing and all that structured, you know, things that, kind of lessens the romance of it all, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, we definitely had those moments where it felt more like a chore. Um, Sex definitely felt more like a chore than a pleasure, as I feel like it should feel like. And that was hard. I think that was very hard for both of us. Um, I give a lot of credit to my husband because on those days when I really wanted to give up and there were plenty of them, um, Mm -hmm. he was very supportive. He was always hopeful that, you know, not knowing how long it was going to take, but that, you know, in the end, you know, we were going to be successful. And so I give him a lot of credit for that, for kind of holding me up in those moments, but there were definitely moments of stress. Um, And I think when, you know, when you get further into it, when you hit months five and six or nine and 10 Mm -hmm. um, and things become so regimented, you know, you're on a schedule, uh, you know, you got between this day and this day and uh, you know, all of that marketed on the calendar, it, it definitely puts a strain on the relationship. I do know that one thing that we tried to do, especially um, later through the process is we tried to take time where we wouldn't even talk about it. 
Yeah. Spend time together, but we wouldn't even discuss, you know, the treatments or, you know, the next appointment and try to just take our mind off of it Mm -hmm. and try to enjoy each other's company without that worry. Yeah, that's a great point. And it's, and it's, I, I know for sure with the COVID-19 and everyone being stuck in the house or, you know, stuck in their neighborhood, so to speak, that mm-hmm. that's going to be really reassuring for couples who are, who may have lost some of that romance along the way. And, and then now having this great time because the cycles have been canceled and postponed and such. So I'm yeah. glad you brought that up. Yeah. 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 You know, just, and, and it's hard, right? Um, I know mm-hmm. how hard it is because it consumes so much of you when you're going through it. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard to kind of detach from it even for a short while, but you know, we, we made a good effort as much as we could to kind of detach from it, you know, the things that we needed to do and, you know, making sure that you're on the same page about where you are. I remember after, after finding out that I had a polyp in my uterus that needed to be removed, I remember leaving the doctor's office and getting into the car and crying hysterically. You know, we were in the middle of a medication cycle. So of course that had to stop and, you know, we had to do the surgery before we could move forward. And I I remember saying to my husband, you know, I'm going to do this one more time. I'm mm-hmm. going to take one more round of medicine. And if it doesn't work, then I'm done for now. We're going to have to take a break because I just can't handle any more of this. And again, I give him a lot of credit because he said, okay, if that's what you need to do, then that's mm-hmm. what we'll do. Because it really does take an emotional toll on you individually, on both of you individually, um, but definitely on you as a, as a unit. And so being able to kind of disconnect and have that time to yourself and just enjoy each other's company, I think was really important. Yeah. Thank you so much for giving people those, those helpful and practical everyday tips that they can use to bring balance, you know, back into the relationship and in, 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 the, in, in the journey. And so I want to talk, I want to use the last time that we have to talk about your inspiration for Elements of Alio. I read about it on your on your website, but if we could talk about that and how it and how that all came about. Absolutely. So, you know, it was definitely inspired by my journey to motherhood. So, you know, as I stated, that PCOS diagnosis really kind of threw me for a loop. And so, you know, I started researching, you know, what it is that I need to do to help me. And, you know, we talked about a lot of lifestyle changes, changing my diet and exercising. And I remember going through the first few rounds of medication and just diet and exercising. But also in that moment when I kind of cried my eyes out, i remember getting home and praying and saying, okay, God, if you do your part, then I'll do my part. And for me, my part meant removing every toxin, anything that might've been detrimental to my hormones, to my body, out of my system and out of my home. And so that meant changing the cleaning products I use, the hair products I use, and even the skin products I use. And most of it was fairly easy to do. There were easy swaps, that I could use and, you know, grab new things from the store. Um, But when it came to skincare, because I have really sensitive skin, that swap wasn't so easy. And so instead of, you know, kind of giving up on that, um, I decided to take my experience in manufacturing. I spent over a decade in pharmaceutical manufacturing. So I took a lot of that experience and I channeled it into making my own products. And so I formulated each and every one of the products in our product line. They are made 
made in-house by hand by my team and everything is made to be kind to your skin, but also be kind to your body because that's very important to me. That's amazing. And so your elements of Alio is actually your eldest daughter's first name spelled backwards? Absolutely. Absolutely. So because it was so, you know, it was jumpstarted because of that experience. And so really a dedication to her and to um, that journey. And so Aaliyah is uh, her name, Leela, spelled backwards. Beautiful. I love, I love both ways. So (laughs) that's even better. She works both ways. I love it. I love it. And that is so important what you're speaking about with removing toxic chemicals and products from our lives and I did mm-hmm. the same thing during my journey and I I was it's, you know it's so unfortunate because it's hard to find foundation yeah for darker skin tones mm-hmm. and that are vegan friendly and that look well and that stay put and all those things but there's some products out there now that that help with that I, I know elf being one of them and then your skincare line is awesome I can't wait to try it And you guys check out her website and definitely check out her products. It's vegan friendly, uh, no animal testing, and there's no uh, synthetic fragrances. So anything that you buy, it's going to have that authentic smell of whatever ingredient that's in it. Um, She uses a lot of different plant-based ingredients for her products. And I cannot wait to try. I cannot wait. I know it's going to be something good, especially for me with the eczema and all and having hyperpigmentation as a black woman going to be important too. So you guys definitely check out her products and definitely check out her podcast. So tell me about the podcast. Was that inspired by your products? So the podcast was in part inspired by my products um, and then in part inspired by the birth of my twins. So going from being a mom of one to a mom of three, like, you know, any mother would understand <laughs> it. It really turned my life upside down. Um, and so I needed to find new ways to be able to take care of myself because obviously free time um, was at a bare, bare minimum. And in conversations with friends and other moms, you know, realizing that we were all looking for very practical ways to kind of get together, you know, kind of hit pause on the chaos and take better care of ourselves, you know, combining that with the product line and, you know, what we aim to do with that is where the podcast kind of came from. And it just allowed me another outlet. Mm-hmm. to share with women and, you know, really to carry out our mission as a company and and that is to focus on self-care and making self-care easy. Wonderful. And it's called Gather and Glow, you guys. So it's on all podcast platforms. If you want to check out her website, there is a section on her website where you can listen to the episodes directly. And it's it's really just for taking that time out away from whatever's going on in the outside world and focusing on healing and self-growth and self-empowerment. So I encourage you guys to listen to that as well. And Lakeisha, I just, I'm so glad we got a chance to do this. We've been talking back and forth for a couple months. <laughs> yeah, We could yes, never yes. get it right. Oh my gosh. And, 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 and everything that's happening, you know, it's so funny because now more than ever people are connecting on podcasts and, you know, through Zoom conference calling and reaching out to one another. And so, which is a beautiful thing. And I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to bring you guys a little hope, a little inspiration today and some support and further uh, expand our community here on the Infertility in Me podcast, as well as bringing you new insights, new information, 
and uh, products and services like Lakeisha's that is uh, supportive of fertility. So you can get started on a healthier journey in when you're ready to, or when we can all come out of the freaking house <laughs> yes, <laughs> and get back to everyday life. And then when you start your treatments again, you can be reassured, rejuvenated and empowered and feeling whole and holistic and you can move forward. So again, I thank you so much, Lakeisha. And I hope that we can stay in touch and we can do another episode in the future and really deeply speaking about the toxic products that we use in our face and how they affect us women, especially when we're doing through fertility treatments and such. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And I would love to come back and share. That's been such a big part of my company and of my own personal journey. So I would love to share that with your audience. Thank you guys for tuning in to Infertility and Me podcast. You know how to reach me at Infertility and Me at Outlook.com on Instagram at Infertility and Me podcast and Infertility and Me podcast.com. I thank you guys. I appreciate you. Please stay safe. Peace and blessings.